Well, so good, guys. Um, we will just jump into the uh, the teaching for tonight, which we're going to start. I don't know how many weeks of just a little series on mystical truth therapy. Woo! I don't know if that phrase sounds drunk to you. It might sound. I have no idea. It sounds drunk to me, though, um, especially because it's just come to mean a lot to me. Those you know, and hopefully you, you'll understand where I'm coming from after a little while here, but um, I'm just convinced, man, like, I, I just wanted to share, and I feel like this series may be one of the most helpful ones that we ever do. Um, I hope that it is for you, because for for me, I just, you know, about 50, I don't know how many, 15 years ago now, like, I I entered into a world, a new world, you know, which is just the, the original world. You know, I entered into an experience of Christ in me that it was like such a rich bliss that no circumstance can steal that away. And I think a lot of you guys are experiencing that stuff. And but I see so many people that feel like they come in and out of it. Right. You know who you are for a minute and and then you forget and sometimes your life feels like a roller coaster or from mountaintop to valley. And I'm convinced that though our circumstances may go mountaintop to valley, like we can always live with, you know, Jesus had, and I, this has become my experience is like this, this sense of his abiding nearness, like the sense of the presence, the sense of joy unspeakable and full of glory, you know? And, um, but it's really based on Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. And so I just want to go into that, especially because there's so much talk about therapy nowadays. And I think it's actually good because the church has been afraid for so long of, you know, of, I mean, there, I, I, I put it this way for like a, a hundred years ago, the church was like afraid of doctors even, right? We would say like, you know, at least supernatural folks, spirit-filled folks, which is everybody, by the way, but spirit-filled folks would be like, you know, don't go to a doctor, like that's anti-faith or whatever, you know, and then it seemed like 60 or 70 years uh, ago, or I don't know how long, you know, some people are still coming out of it, but we started to realize doctors aren't the enemy, like Jesus, like gives us knowledge and, and gives us doctors even, not in lieu of supernatural healing, but if supernatural healing isn't manifesting, it's not wrong to see a doctor. Amen. Like it's okay. You don't have to feel shame about, you know, you break your leg, you might pray over someone, but you're also going to take them to the doctor. Like it's okay. But a lot of areas of our health, we still feel shame, you know, um, and when it comes to mental health or it comes to therapy, I think we're just starting to feel a little comfortable like saying, oh, it's okay to like see a counselor or to any anything that is afforded to us that can help is good. Like, you know, it's like I love how Bill Johnson pioneered maybe 20 years back. Like, uh, the devil is good. I mean, the devil is bad. Oh, that's an old church, but the, the God is good. The devil is bad. <laughs> Let's keep it simple. You know, if, if it's beneficial, it's from God. You know, we don't need to be afraid of things that are of genuine benefit. And I think a lot of you have tested and seen like, hey, there's some therapy modalities that can be helpful. There's, you know, it's OK. We don't need to feel shame about 
you know, getting any kind of health care. And this should just be obvious, like to most of us, you know, but if you grew up in religion, they'll get you confused, like my little misspeak over there and say, God is bad sometimes. Uh, it's helping me, but it must be the devil's trying to help me in my health, you know, <laughs> or whatever. And so I just think it's, I don't, you know, I, I've seen too many people tormented by being a, um, told and shamed for getting mental health care or for seeing a counselor, for seeing a therapist, or they're just afraid, like they're not relying on God. And it's Gnosticism, honestly. It's just another form of Gnosticism. It's just like people that feel like they can't, uh, like if they're working a job, they're not relying on the Lord, you know? Like I'm, well, these, I wish I could live by faith, like all these people that don't work a job. They're the true ones living by faith. They're like, that's Gnosticism. And honestly, I've seen too many friends fall into that and then their life doesn't work right. And they wonder why. And like, hmm. I, I always felt bad for working a job or I quit my job because I just wanted to rely on the Lord. It's like, dude, like the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Whoa, come on. The earth is the Lord. It's like he's involved in all that stuff. And so, um, all that to say, that's not really what I'm going to address tonight, but it's kind of a like it's a necessary pre-ramble to say, like, we're not discouraging therapy and we're not discouraging mental health care. OK, that's really important. And I think um, there's going to be a place where maybe many of us need to use that and never feel shame. Like, can we just say, like, we're never going to feel like I just declare no shame if you ever any kind of health care that you need. You know, like zero shame of going to a doctor, zero shame of going to a therapist, a counselor, a psychiatrist, like no shame. Like we bless you in that if it's beneficial. Just ask Holy Spirit. Like you have Jesus in you. You have Holy Spirit in you. Ask them. Um, ask the real loving Papa, not the accuser. The accuser will make you feel bad for, for getting care for yourself. But Abba is always like, hey, I'm all for everything that benefits you. That's what I'm about because I'm really good and I'm not a Gnostic. So anyway, that being said, I've found that about 90% of the time, and I'm just going to say this like boldly, it, you don't need to put a number on it. I don't care if you agree with my number, but my point is I've like, it, it's a high number of the time. Most of us just need truth therapy, which, and let me read you a, a quote from Francois. I really love, and I'm stealing that phrase from Francois. Okay. Um, he was the first one I ever heard use this, but uh, he's in here. Uh, here's how he said it. Um, Truth therapy does not attempt to untangle the complicated emotional hurts and traumas of the past. Instead, truth reveals the integrity of our original life perfectly redeemed in Christ. He is the fountainhead of our Genesis. The engineer of the universe is also our savior. Paul did not say, behold, the old. He said, behold, all things are new. Second Corinthians 5, 16 and 17. It's not about denial. It's about embracing something of far greater consequence. Ooh. It's not about denial. It's about embracing something of far greater consequence. Jesus died humanity's death. Second Corinthians 5, 14. And thus brought closure to every claim against mankind's wholeness. Rede rebooted life is our new reality. So that was all Francois' quote. He's just kind of describing his like general truth therapy. Like that was just a quick Facebook post that he made about it. But it really put it into a language that I think can be really helpful. 
So I wanted to develop that over, I don't know how, maybe one, two, three sessions. I'm not sure. But um, I've, I've come to see that I think it, 90% of situations, uh, it's just hearing the truth. We just need to hear the truth. You don't need, you don't, I'm not saying sometimes you might need medication. Sometimes you might need some various kinds of therapy. Sometimes you need these certain things. But most of the time, and those those things are really just to get you into a place where you're stable enough to even be able to hear some of this stuff, um, to even be able to experience like uh, truth in such a way where it you know you can even comprehend it. Sometimes you're in such a mental state, like you can read Bible verses over, you can't even read, you can't even hear, you know, um, you're triggered and you need some of these opportunities that are afforded you. But most of the time, just coming back to simple truths, um, which Paul called like taking every thought captive, like the gospel takes these thoughts captive. The, the gospel forms in you an awareness of something that's actually just real. It's just coming back to reality. Um, let, let me, uh, so we're going to dive into that. If that doesn't make sense to you yet, that's okay. Like, let's flesh this out. Let's see what are we talking about? Like, so some of this, I thought about titling this, like taking thoughts captive. Like I've called that, uh, I've titled some series as that in the past, but sometimes that can even, all this could sound like a work sometimes. Like, oh, how much work do I have to do to take every thought captive? It's like exhausting, you know? Um, even, even why I like to throw the word mystic truth therapy in there, because it's really in the experiential relationship where Holy Spirit is the one like hugging the truth into you. Mm. <laughs> Like this isn't another hamster wheel of 20 years of learning how to take every thought captive, right? Um, it's simply just remembering reality or knowing the truth. And Holy Spirit's primary job is to lead us into all truth. So this isn't to put it back on you. But the number one question we get for people is like, how do I stay whacked? How do I stay in that place? How do I keep experiencing the glory? How do I keep, you know, experiencing all this fruit? And there is no how to, you know, but it is the revelation of the truth that sets you free. And that's real, real freedom um, comes from this. So but we have to start in it again. We're just going to have to let's start with the gospel again real quick. Uh, share the gospel again so that we don't get the cart before the horse um, and come back to like, Okay, now I'm signing me up for a mystical truth therapy. I need to, I got the 10 points that I'm going to apply. Now let's come back and remember the gospel. Um, I want to read Hebrews 12. Maybe somebody wants to read this out for us, actually. Uh, Hebrews 12, 22 and following. I don't know if anybody feels like reading. Calling on a lay reader in the congregation tonight. A Jubilee lay reader um, of Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, 22 to 24. Anybody want to read it for us? Ooh. I'll read it from the... Uh, I have a mirror. Oh, cool. Perfect. Um, okay, so you said 22, 22 yeah. to 24? Yes, that'd be awesome. Okay, so by contrast, we have been welcomed to an invisible Mount Zion, the city of peace, the residence of the living God, the festive assembly of an innumerable angelic host, 
Come on. We are, we are participating in a mass joint celebration of heavenly and earthly beings, the Ecclesia Church of the Firstborn Mirror Inscribed in the Heavenlies. Wow, Jesus wow, wow. is the spokesman and arbitrator of the New Testament order. His blood signature sanctions mankind's innocence. This is a complete new language compared to the shadow type message of the blood sacrifice that Abel brought. Wow. <laughs> complete new language. Love that. Oh, man. It's so good. The mirror is always my favorite, really. But thanks, Jenny. Appreciate that. Um, and if whatever translation you have, man, there's going to be, I want to look at a couple of different ones. I, I have the ESV. Um, which just says, you have come to Mount Zion. You have come to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to innumerable angels in festival gathering. Um, whoa. Shing ding ding. Oh, I got to delete a video off my phone here. Somebody read another Hebrews 12, 22, if you have it. Just any translation. Any translations. Or you can just wait for I have the Berean Study Bible. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, 22 through 24. Instead, you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to myriads of angels in joyful assembly to the congregation of the firstborn enrolled in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Come on. So good. So good. Yeah. So, I mean, what I love about this passage, it, there's so many... You know, it, those of you guys that know me, anywhere I go, I try to like bring us back to the gospel that Jesus preached, right? Everywhere he went, Matthew 4, 17, Mark 1, 15, he said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The, the, the kingdom of God is at hand. And, and almost every church you go to now, like most of the messages are the kingdom of heaven is coming someday for certain people that fit the bill, you know, and, uh, this passage, it's another one that just makes it so clear. Like this isn't about a future time and this isn't, this isn't a, a partial gospel. Like this is such a full message that it includes everything that we thought was reserved for heaven someday. And I, I, I think, you know, I, I love reading the, the, the historic church. Like we were reading the Nicene Creed earlier and we're tracking with some of this stuff like I firmly still believe in a second coming, you know, in a return of Christ. But if you really look at what the early church wrote about the return of Christ, like the, re the return of Jesus is simply an awakening to what's already been done and all, what's already here. And even I love how John Crowder has been going through the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation isn't an addendum or really about this second coming. It's the revelation of the first coming it, or it's a revelation of Jesus himself, you know. And so, so many of us have pushed 
we have we have honestly a, a Western folk religious concept that's been rooted in most of our subconscious that this life is going to kind of suck or it's going to be really hard and we'll experience a few blessings. But someday, either when Jesus returns or when we die, we're going to experience all the good stuff. You know, and we I mean, it is so ingrained that there are people that come to my meetings for like a decade and they're still talking about someday when we go to heaven. There's nothing in the Bible about someday going to heaven. It's not in there. You can't find it anywhere. Not a single verse about dying and going to heaven. There's encounters maybe that John had in the book of Revelation, which are visionary experiences that don't talk about dying and going to heaven. Um, there's where Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you in John chapter was it 14 or 16. But he's he doesn't say that you need to die and go to heaven. There's nothing in there about dying and going to heaven it's there is a at the at the return of christ it talks about the resurrection of the dead and it talks about the new jerusalem coming down but there's nothing in the bible at all about dying and going to heaven what the bible says is what we just read hebrews 12 22 to 24 it says you have come to mount zion the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, the angels in the festival, all the stuff that you thought was reserved for heaven someday. The Bible says it's here. Like You can't make it any more clear. But because we haven't been taught it like ever, you know, it's all we're taught is this distance and delay. We're taught about a future where et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, like which is all Western folk religion, religion that you can't find rooted in the scripture. You just find all of these people settling for this lower existence because, and I love what the mirror translation, a mirror paraphrase says there, it's invisible, right? What was the, what was the verse? It said, you've come to the invisible Mount Zion or this invisible thing. So this is why taking thoughts captive or, you know, mystical truth therapy becomes necessary because we're becoming aware of a world that is not apparent to our natural eye. Like if you just rely on your natural eye, that's where you come up with all these theologies about it. Life sucks. Now it's going to get great. Maybe our, the best news that Jesus could give is that it's going to get great someday, you know, Be but those are theologies based on just some man's uh, observation of the world, but we don't walk by sight. We walk by the faith of God. We walk by. And so it's in hearing the truth. It's in Holy Spirit presenting this truth. All of a sudden, we begin to wake up to heaven on earth. This is why my life became heaven on earth. Not because my circumstances changed, but because my awareness of the truth changed. The, you know, and it's the whole thing. In, in, the, in the charismatic world, they have something close when they talk about facts versus truth. You know, it's it's kind of true. There may be some fact that, like, you feel sick or you you feel, you know, incomplete or you feel these things. but and, we're, and what Francois is saying in the mystical truth therapy is we're not denying those things, okay? That's what, you know, a good therapist would be concerned about what we're talking about here if we were talking about de denial. We're not denying that bad circumstances can happen sometimes. But we're, how did, Francois says it perfectly. He says, uh, it's not about denial. It's em about embracing something of far, far greater consequence. Right. Right. There's something greater going on here as well. Like we're not saying you're never going to have a struggle or a hard time. You might. That's one of the things that will change at the return of Christ is like 
he, you know, there will be no tears anymore. There'll be no more suffering completely removed, but you can begin to experience a lot of that now. Like, in fact, why w- does there have to be a limit on how much heaven on earth you can experience now? Like, well, well, the Bible says you've already come. I mean, let's go back again. Don't take my word for it. Do a deep dive. If, if this stuff still sounds foreign to you, do a deep dive into Hebrews 12, 22 to 24. Whoa, shing, ding, ding, ding. Like, look at it. You have come to Mount Zion. You have come to the city, where, where the heavenly Jerusalem to innumerable angels in the festival gathering. You have come to the assembly of the firstborn enrolled in heaven. You have come to God. You have come to Jesus. Uh, You've come to the judge of all. And how does he judge? He judges you as righteous and made perfect. So these are the truth. These are already true. These are things you're already in, a place you've already come to. Um. But the mystic truth therapy is, you know, when you believe you're broken, when you believe you're in hell, when you believe all these lower things, that usually is your experience, you know. And now we're not putting this back on you to try to believe better. We're just telling you the truth, right? The Holy Spirit doesn't come and say, you need to believe more. That's what the accuser does. Holy Spirit comes and just speaks the truth. That causes you to believe, like that. That releases the faith over you. So faith comes by hearing the word. So we're speaking the word tonight, the word of Christ. All of heaven and all of earth has been united, inseparable. And I'm telling you, as we hear this, like more and more, we awaken to, it and our life becomes more full of woo. Just everything begins to manifest, but it begins to manifest when you're not focused on manifesting. When you're not focused even on. It's like if you're looking for the, you know, I we preach a health and wealth gospel, but if you're focused on the health and the wealth, it always seems to evade you. When you just start enjoying Jesus and your union with Jesus, health and wealth just starts popping out, you know, and you're like, oh crap, like, but because when it's your focus, it's, you know, that's you're you're not there's no source to drink from there, you know. Anyway, Hebrews twelve is a good one. Just to just to give us, you know, because some people feel even bad, like you're not even supposed to desire heaven or you're not even supposed to desire good things, you know. Um, so I just think it's good to look at scripture and say, the Bible just says he has good things for you. <laughs> like, look, look at it. It doesn't you can argue all you want, but let's come back to just, you know, he says he he's put you surrounded by innumerable angels in a festival. This is why I'm always like dancing and rejoicing. Like I've taken thoughts captive to anything else. All I know is the angel festival. Like that's my life now. Like I don't, I don't entertain anything else because the other stuff was absorbed into his servant body, died with him and was buried. Like that was the point of all, you know, all of the depression and the sobriety was all absorbed into his body. And now all you have is, Mount Zion, city of living God, heavenly Jerusalem, spirits of the righteous made perfect. You have Jesus. You have the angelic festival. Like, um, Let's look at 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians 5 again. Oh, again. You know. <laughs> Yo, I'm going to look at, I'm just going to compare it, you know. Um, 
if you I, I love the e-sword if you guys use the e-sword you can download it it has like 20 free bibles you can just and you if, if you use them on your computer you can line them all up next to each other and it's all free you know uh, sounds like the gospel to me uh woo! so second corinthians 5 17 the amplified says if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creature altogether. The old has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. Whoa. This is mystical truth therapy right here. If anyone is in Christ, they're a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, all things are, be are made new. Um, the good speed says if anyone's in union with Christ, he's a new being. The old state of things has passed away. There is a new state of things a new state of things <laughs> Woo! the moffat says what is old is gone the new has come um whoa the message says anyone united with the messiah is created anew the old life is gone the new life virgins look at it <laughs> oh whoa you, you know there's so many I, I love this one and this is the foundation of so many of our you know, new creation reality, so much of our gospel message coming back to this because, you know, first or second Corinthians five is just so clear that the old is done. And so much of whether, if you get stuck in the therapy world, see, see I mentioned at the beginning that therapy, it's, it's okay to go to therapy and there's a lot of good therapies out there, but there's also like a whole therapy world where it's like therapy becomes your Jesus, you know, or, ther or, or therapy, you know, and it's really popular right now, yeah. by the way. It's like it's like the number one thing I've been addressing with people recently is like everyone's so excited because we have firstly, we haven't realized the limits of, of psychiatry, psychology and therapy. You can tell when people think it's all the answer that uh, it, it must be kind of new, because if it's been around a long time, you realize its limits, you know, <laughs> just like medical science, like. People still love medical science, but we're not like head over heels about it because we've been we've been around doctors for a few hundred years now. And we see sometimes they don't have the answers, you know, many times. Remember COVID crisis? <laughs> uh, but with with psychology and psychiatry and therapy, it's taking off in a good way right now. There are some really beautiful things, but there's a lot of people in those worlds that get stuck on beholding the old. Right there. So literally, we need to come back to 2 Corinthians 5, be like, honestly, guys, there, and this is what John Crowder emphasized so much for years, especially with um, the book Mystical Union. Like, there is no old hag to clean up. Like, we need to let go of this concept of, you know, 2 Corinthians 5 is just crystal clear. The old is gone. The old is gone. And uh, Francois touches on that in that phrase. I think it's so good. I'm going to read that part again. He says, uh, true therapy does not attempt to untangle the complicated emotional hurts and traumas of the past. Instead, truth reveals the integrity of our original life perfectly redeemed in Christ. Now, I'm not saying there's never a place in some therapy to maybe like, but it, to, to especially when you're like coming out of agreement with old lies, maybe. You know, old lies where your parents rejected you. So you need to, to say, I have a father who loves me. You know, I'm I'm embraced in, in family. But when therapy or when our life becomes untangling the old or focusing on the old, 
um, we've brought ourselves back in again. It's just self salvation. You know, it just ends up being works. And though people see some fruit from that, and that's, that's often why it gets tempting. If there was no fruit, no one would be tempted into it. There's a little bit of, you know, a lot of times in therapy, it's like two steps forward and two steps back. You know, and if you just got two steps forward recently, it'd be like, everyone wants to write a book and tell everybody how it's done. You know, <laughs> But again, so I'm, I'm not discounting it all together, but here's what I'm saying is like, most of the time, and especially in the church, guys, we have a gospel that's eternal. Therapy is not our new gospel. Like psychology and psychiatry is not, though it may be a beautiful new science that's helping people in some ways. In the church, we're not, I, I don't go to church to hear a, a speech on brain surgery. You know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't come to church to hear how we defeat influenza. Like I, in the, in the body of Christ and really, which is really the whole world conversation, the main, the main context of our conversation is Jesus Christ is his new creation is his truth. This is where the freedom is. I don't, I, I hope you've seen some truth, some uh, freedom in your therapy or in counseling at some points in your life, but I know you're going to see some freedom when you start to get the revelation that you're a new creature in Christ, Whoa. this is something that's good news for all peoples. Like this is something that applies all the time. I don't go to church. You know, it's, you, there may be a moment here and there where we talk about, you know, therapy modalities in church, but every dang week we need to be talking about the new creation reality. Amen. Whoa. Every week, dude, the gospel, if we're not, Talking about the gospel, it's why people aren't interested in being around like Christians. Like the only good thing we have is the gospel. Like we don't have some, you know, we may become experts at brain surgery. Some of us might be good therapists, but the the substance of our life is Christ. Let's read a couple other scriptures that go. Um, well. I mean, the Bible says we were made for uh, Peter in second Peter says joy unspeakable and full of glory. John 10, 10 says, I came that you might have life and life to the full. I guess I'm back in this cart up again. A lot of us are still afraid of new creation realities. We're afraid to say that God's giving us heaven on earth because we haven't even come to terms yet that the Trinity has only good for us. Like, have you come to terms? And I, honestly, you, you might have joined this Jubilee group all year, every session, and you still haven't yet come to the terms with the fact that the Trinity has only good things for you. <laughs> Woo! Yo! I'll just even ask that as a question. Has anybody, anybody out there struggled believing that the Trinity has only good things for them? Does anybody have any testimonies? Have you guys started to like believe that? Or is it still, does it still feel weird to you? Like that God has only good for me. Like every second of every day, he's not going to bait and switch me. <laughs> A while ago, I used to believe that. I used to think that. Um, yeah. yeah. Once you start to discover it, it almost takes a while to, to, to think, to realize like, is this real? Is it truly only good? So yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, yeah. bro. I think very common. I think I'm also still unpacking it. It's like still thinking like, 
yeah, oh, Jesus, Holy Spirit, and ah, daddy, yeah, hoo, 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 scary, but cool. And, but like, then again, I'm like, oh, no, I'm, I'm, it's a trinity, isn't it? And I'm like, oh, okay. So it's still like just forming in, in, in my reality. It's like kind of like first experience it strong. And then, but the, like, the mind has to realize the new reality and unpack it. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of strange sometimes. Did you want to share? Oh. Yeah, I'll say, uh, I'll say for me, like, I think for years, that was just something that I thought God was good, but he also, you know, he would give me or people ailments, you know, or sickness to teach them a lesson or whatever. But right. that's just that's just hogwash. I don't know. It's just <laughs> it really is. God really is. He's way better than we thought. Oh, he was. And when I started to realize that it was only good things, like he only wanted us to have a good time and pleasure every day, like that was wild. It was wild. It was scary to even think that, you know, but or now, now I'm like, I'm not even afraid. I'm not even afraid of, of, of the other way of thinking anymore. You know, it used to be such a pool, but now it's just second nature, like, or first nature. Like, oh. God, he only means good things for me. It's wild. Yeah. And when I do go through bad things or trials, I don't, I don't like, I don't count on them, first of all. But if they do happen, I always know that even in the midst, God is just passing out gifts left and right. He's just throwing like presents at me from Santa Claus. It just it's just happening. So I don't know. Yeah. Good God. Good God. Come on. I love that you bring up the sickness thing too, because I, I, I think that has been uh there has been a lot of breakthrough in the church, like in our mindsets about that, you know, because uh for hundreds of years. I mean, the Catholic Church, though, still, I, I just I was just reading the through the Catholic Catechism recently, not to criticize Catholics, but there's a whole section in there about how, you know, suffering is a grace from God. <clears throat> Essentially, that we're here to a part of our role on Earth now is to embrace suffering, to learn from it, and even just to thank God for all the suffering that we get. And I'm like, you know what, I love Catholics, and I love every denomination, but they're there are places where we're wrong. And I got to say, that's just not it, man. And I'm thankful that a lot of people are waking up out of that. Uh, it's like whoever said it, you know, God can't give something that he doesn't have in himself. Like pain and darkness and sickness are something that they don't even make sense to God. It, now he's entered into it and he experienced the, the mystery of iniquity is, I, I forget who said it, one of the early fathers, but it doesn't. It's not, it's a part of him. It's not even in his world, you know? So, yeah. Woo! It's good, but it it takes some time to, like, that stuff has been rooted into more than just a, a passing thought, but it's so, for some of us, it was like a foundation of our subconscious for decades. Like, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, brother. You know? so, you share something? Uh, oh, please. Uh, yeah. My husband died two years ago and we, you know, he, we had a wonderful life together for many years and it's been a struggle for me. I mean, he was, he had cancer and uh, 
you know, I know he's healed and whole and he's face to face with Jesus. I mean, I'm working through all this, but um, it was tough for me because it really sucked that I was left here. And, uh, you know, and I, I know God loves me. I believe in the gospel. I believe in the finished work, but it took me a while to get my equilibrium. And I think yeah. I'm finally on the other side now, um, around the two year mark, the Lord showed me that I was carrying this big backpack because I couldn't enjoy the present. I was, I focused everything on, oh, if only Jim were here, it'd be better. If only Jim were here, I'd be having more fun. If only Jim were here. Yeah. And so when I finally was able to say to him, okay, you're right. I, the last two years I've been checked out and I gave him the backpack and I was able to see clearly how he ministered to me, has surrounded me with people who love me with his love, has embraced me. And I, I know what you're saying about he only is good and he only gives good things. And it took me a while to get there, but he never gave up on me. And neither did a lot wow. of people that were led by the spirit to just be his, you know, Christ with skin on to me. So if you're going through circumstances, it can knock your knees out from under you. But if you know that you know that he's good and he's going to work it all out for you, he's always got your back. You'll get to that other side and you'll have such growth and freedom. Come on. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that and just being vulnerable, but also testifying like, ah, uh, so cool. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it's not that we're saying that bad stuff will never happen. And man, Jim must have been such an amazing, incredible like person, you know, and just to, for Papa to be able to show you even in the midst of all of that, the goodness of God. You know, I, I just think the problem with so many things is when they say, oh, that was God who did this or that, or this is his plan, you know. He needed certain, another angel. <laughs> yes, I know. It's so much BS that, that, that gets thrown on us, you know, and then we're just supposed to praise the Lord or like pretend like, oh, yeah, everything's fine. But it's and it's 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 not that we're saying that you won't experience challenges or even like some of the worst we've had. We've had friends in our own community who lost like their babies or their marriages fell apart or they lost their livelihood. or And it's like it's about experiencing something in our communion with Abba, Jesus and the Holy Spirit that's so rich. Those circumstances are there, but there's something that's so much deeper. You know, if our joy unspeakable and full of glory is just based on everything going right, then we have no gospel at all. You know, so it just it's literally exactly how people, you know, any random person would would uh, deal with life. But we have an, a God who's exploding out of our inner being, even in the worst moments. So. Yeah, but your testimony is so rich. Thanks for sharing. Uh, so good. So good. Ooh. Can I say something really quick? Do it, bro. Okay, Linda. I don't know. I don't know you, but like your your testimonies. There's oh my god. I almost started crying because like I'm just I'm sure that there's a lot of people that have experienced you know, crazy things like that, you know, but from what I've seen, a lot of people who, who experience tragedy, like from a loss, especially of a loved one, like they kind of, I don't know, it's almost like they lose that, 
that love for the glory and that faith in a sense that they they forget about um like the finished work and and that god is still good but you i just want to honor like you for you know i don't know you're just so rooted and grounded in 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 christ is regardless of anything at the end of the day so i i think that's amazing so yeah i just wanted to bless you and honor you thank you he, he never let me go and he never gave up on me you know so even in my hard headedness and hard heartedness but thank you brother thank you <laughs> yeah i love that linda's keeping her eyes on what matters you know it there's so many circumstances that come to try to take our eyes off of that and that's why really can help sometimes we're talking about mystical truth therapy or whatever to hear, to have friends and family members or just whoever, somebody that's a reminder, like that's part of the point of community. That's one of the reasons we encourage community so much is there's always going to come something that just wants to take your focus away from something deeper than even, you know, like I'm super thankful for my family and my marriage, but if I set, if my marriage becomes, you know, my main focus, then my marriage will dry up. You know, if, if my family even becomes my main focus they they are of God and they're full of God. But if I forget Jesus in the midst of that, it's like everything stops working, you know? So just to have those reminders and ultimately Holy spirit never stops reminding us. And that's the glory of this truth therapy. But, a lot of times, even the stuff that we're speaking to is just, I just have to keep saying it over and over because uh, there are so many other voices trying to seal this away. Um, the church has so many weird concepts and ideas every single week. I posted this a couple weeks ago, but like every single week I have a close friend come and try to like talk me out of the gospel. <laughs> so like try to tell me that we're giving people too much hope or like, you know, you're giving people pie in the sky ideas that aren't real like this th this joy can't really last i'm like i have been it for 15 years bro but uh yeah but you know whatever just like they tell a new believer you'll come down eventually you know i'm like how depressing man but i get it if it's not true if if this is just like something we made up then we should reject it you know uh i just want reality i just want truth you know um but as you, you know, as you dive, especially into the epistles of Paul, you find this was the substance of their message. Mm -hmm. This isn't a side issue. Like, and I guess that was even the next section I was kind of going into. But like all of the this, this glory, this heaven on earth experience, the kingdom of heaven on earth is the message. It's, it's the gospel, mm -hmm. like Jesus doing all of the big hard stuff and giving us all the good stuff like jesus taking care of our pain sickness suffering death like jesus absorbing that into himself he didn't just i mean we all of us here probably been around long enough to know this wasn't about paying off the father to forgive us like this isn't about penal substitution so what is it about it was about removing sin sickness death darkness and decay like it was recapitulation. It's restoring the whole world to the original design. Whoa. So, I mean, firstly, we have to come to terms that like the Trinity has only good for us. But then secondly, we have to come to terms with the fact that Jesus accomplished that good. Like Jesus actually brought us into that place now. Like 
And I, I wonder, that's kind of my second question to the class, I guess, like how many of you guys have been coming to terms with the fact that Jesus did it all? Like, <laughs> like how has that been going? Are you, are you realizing like that he didn't just take care of forgiveness, but he took care of deliverance and took care of healing. Like he gave you wholeness. Like, is there, an, you know, are you guys seeing all of the good stuff like included <laughs> like, or, or how is it feeling with that? Like, does it still feel like a challenge to believe that he did it all? <laughs> I mean, it is for me too, but <laughs> are we coming to terms with this message? You know, was I think it it's Francois, I'm sorry. What? Was it Francois that said he's both the anointed one and the anointing? Woo, come on. So, you know, Isaiah is Isaiah 60, Isaiah 61, you know, all those things that talks about, uh, you know, setting the captives free, opening the blind eyes, all those things. That's that's what he did. And that encompasses everything that you could possibly ever run into. You know, he, he did it all. It's and, everything. Unpacking that, you know, unpacking yep. the truth. <laughs> so good, Linda. Mm. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, back. Oh, yay. Finally. Um, so for me, I think I've always been not scared, but I guess feel a little bit selfish when I ask or trust or believe in him for like financial stuff. Um yeah. Lately, he's been just reminding me that I do flow in the spirit of abundance and he's been reshaping my thoughts around finances. And the more that I trust and know that I'm provided for and that he's actually taking care of it, the more insane blessings are like coming. And like I've had a day where I've had accommodation for free, where I've had breakfast, lunch and dinner for free, where I've had day spa treatments for free, like just so much blessing being poured out on me and the more that I see it and see the favor on my life it's like the more it's happening as well so I just think you know I guess with like that sort of thing before there was a bit of shame with like oh you know I want I want this and I want that but now he's like no like I have and I do provide for you in every way not just in heart not just in healing but in the ability to enjoy this life as well you know and and yeah so that's been cool so rich yeah i know it's it's like every one of us has a challenge you know sometimes with whatever area maybe we grew up not you know experiencing or whatever or we we were told yeah that's you can't you can't live whole you can't live healthy you can't live prosperous you know, or you can't live always on the mountaintop with Jesus. You know, you can't always be drunk all the time. The good news is all of those things you are. That is the, that's the whole point. Like, <laughs> I know it's still a scandal, but that's literally there's no gospel if we take that stuff away. Like yeah. now, again, that all of, you know, money and wealth and stuff is more of like I, I always look that one as, as kind of it's like a trickle down effect. The main thing is we ha just have him. But, but if you have him, you have all of those things included. He doesn't, you know, what the Crowder says, he doesn't come in portions. He comes in person. Mm -hmm. Everything that Jesus has, he brought with him. Everything the father has is here. You know, his, his big sack of goodies is all there. You know, the big belly of the father, <laughs> the big comfort of mother. Mm 
Uh, Still frying my brain. (laughs) Everything. Just say it with me. Everything. Every blessing in heavenly places. The Lord is my shepherd. I will not lack. Whoa. (laughs) Not about or you know it's not naming it and claiming it you've already got it Whoa. glory glory how, glory how much is the all <laughs> yeah. it's like jesus done it all but the jesus done it is easy but the all it's like i mean what is even included there you know we don't really have a clue it's just like the the broad the broad the the like Road and with and the extension and uh, and now and then we find out he's like also everywhere. He's even in the places we thought we weren't allowed to go, or we the, he's in the places that we thought he he isn't. We couldn't meet him there. You know, we're not. It's bad. You know everything, and and even there we only we find him like he's. It's like. Such such an expanding, like it's it's the expands. It's like what? <laughs> How to unpack even? Come on, no, exactly, exactly. Well, and you know, so the the rest of this message is really. I mean, all we just did was the kind of the first half of the message, which was remind us of the gospel. Okay. <laughs> Then the second part is where we talk about this mystical truth therapy. So it's like so many times when we encounter something that doesn't feel like the gospel, like we, it's every time it's like this challenge. We often want to run to something else. We think the gospel didn't work because we encounter a contradiction, Mm. right? We encounter a challenge. And so we're like, oh, now what do I need? It's like, no, you still need the gospel. Like it's still just the good news, right? But it didn't, the gospel didn't feel like it works. Like, just go look again, you know, go look again. That There's always that temptation that it, it's always an opportunity there to try to drink a different drink, you know? And so the question is like, why don't we experience this more? I, I love how Baxter says it. It's just, we've, we've lost our minds. You know, every one of us is a little insane to some degree, and we're just living in a lie or an illusion. It's it's not even a truth because the truth is you even have the mind of Christ, right? Like, so truly you, you're still filled with his goodness, still filled with his mind. His mind is still, his thoughts are still running through you in some, at some degree. But we, we've had these lies just kind of forming neural pathways and different things. And so they feel true. And what I believe this is what discipleship is. Let's look at... Um, John 8, verse 31 to 32, la- the last couple of years, the Lord's been, and we did a series even last year on discipleship, talking about discipleship. It's not a bad word. It's not a scary word. It's simply this, John 8, 31, 32, Jesus says to the Jews that believed in, in him, if you abide in my word, you're truly my disciples, Whoa. and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Whoa. It's not just the truth will make you free, but it's when you know the truth. 
right? And so it's abiding in the word. It's just, in, how do you abide in the word? You just keep hearing it. Just keep hearing it, which really isn't even up to you. That's Holy Spirit's job to reveal truth. But if you wonder, why is it not working for me? You don't not. And I'll say this, like I said earlier, maybe 10% of the time, like you, you need a counselor or a therapist who should be just counseling you in the finished work ultimately anyway, but they might use a few modalities or something. But most of the time, your everyday life, you just need to abide in the word or you need mystic truth therapy. You just need to hear again. You've got all the goodies, like you're, it'll settle your soul to know. And I love this funny. Shakira said it really well a couple of weeks ago. She's like, if you talk about beholding all the time, it can seem like a work. But like, what about being held first? You know, being held and behold are really connected because it's ultimately it's Abba embracing you and and hugging you and looking into your eyes. And, and that's how you behold. Like beholding isn't God's way over there and you need to run over there and look at him. Like he's holding you already <laughs> like in that embrace that it, it, this is what I found so effective. Like the, the, the times where I've seen people's lives change the most is when they just get around gospel family, they just get around gospel family and there's stuff happening to them that they don't, don't even realize. You don't have to be intentional in some of those times if they're just around them just in their same room and their presence, because it's somebody that's experienced that unconditional love exudes it to a place where you just get set free by being around them. And even if you don't have those people, you have the Trinity who are real, who are holding you in that embrace, washing your minds, washing you, reminding you you're whole, you're healed, you're set free. You didn't feel that way today. That doesn't mean it's not true. The truth is you're whole, you're healed, you're set free in my arms. You're in union with me. I brought all my goodies. They're here. Like I brought deliverance. You're in the Jubilee forever. It's a festival gathering with angels. You're not stuck. You're not in the hole. You're not like it's circumstantially sure. Maybe you're in the hole, but I'm holding you. You're with me. You have all of a sudden you're, you're, your idiosyncrasies and your, you know, your, your big issues, just, you're like, what issues did I have? Like, where did they go? <laughs> you know, uh, I had a stronghold, right? Where, where is it? I don't know. You know, like, but it's, it's, it's not that we're making anything true. It's the mystic truth therapy causes us to feel the truth, right? So we have the mind of Christ. When we see his reality and flow with his thoughts, his emotions and desires, our life begins to feel like heaven on earth. So when people ask me, like, what's the secret? It's like the secret is I'm not looking to my experience anymore. The, the secret is anytime you remember in any moment where you remember that you have a higher reference. So you can live in your thoughts, your emotions and your desires. But when you are ex to begin to experience his thoughts, his emotions and his desires, that's mystical truth therapy. That's what we're talking about. Because And when you experience those, your life is always heaven on earth. Why? Because that's all that's real. So Jesus sees reality. When we talk about, that's the whole funny thing, the old, like, you're holy in God's eyes, right? That old phrase you always used to say in the church, you're perfect in God's eyes. It's like, yeah, but his eyes are seeing reality. <laughs> like <laughs> His eyes are the only eyes that really purely behold what's fully real. 
which means you're actually fully perfect and fully holy. So, well, I'm only perfect in God's eyes. It's like that. And the goal of my life is to only see through God's eyes because that's the only thing that's real. Everything else is not even real. So I, there's a lot of therapists right now that are talking about, you need to feel every emotion and let it all flow through there. I'm like, it's not about repressing emotion or denying emotions. Like that's okay to feel some of those, you know, obviously feel all those things, but there's something greater that you want to be about feeling his emotions, hmm. feel it, feeling something, a higher reference because your emotions can sometimes be based in reality and sometimes not. Like if I believe that Michelle hates me, I'm going to start to feel weird things about it, but it's not true. She doesn't hate me. But if I believe that I'll feel that way, I'll feel all that weird stuff. So, and, and a lot of therapy just tell you, like, you need to feel all that emotion. Well, what if that emotion wasn't even based on something real? You know, so, so much of the things that we're trying to process people through is still what, what Francois calls beholding the old. Beholding those old thought patterns isn't going to help you. Like just processing through all of those old emotions. I'm not saying ignore them or repress them. But we're saying Jesus has came to give you a higher reference. Like you're in union with him for a reason, because when his life, when you start to experience his perspective on everything, his emotions, his desire, like it's, it's like the difference between uh, his, your willpower and his willpower. Your willpower will always leave you exhausted, stressed, burned out. It's just religion. But when you feel his willpower flowing through you, that's when you actually have self-control. That's when you're not a victim anymore. You're able to. And this is why I, I still like to teach on truth therapy, right? I believe ultimately Holy Spirit's going to reveal the truth to every one of us, regardless mm -hmm. if we engage it or not. Praise God. Yeah. But he also doesn't leave you in any moment as a victim that can't just choose to like see Christ's thoughts in any moment. Right. So like sometimes when you hear Holy Spirit's going to reveal it to everyone anyway, that can feel really amazing. But other times some people can feel disempowered by that. Like, well, now I'm stuck in this moment just waiting for God to show up as if he's not here already. But he's already given you self-control in this moment to be able to say, you know what? Like, I don't like what's going on here. I have the power to not to do anything, but to simply notice Christ in me. Like I'm not, you don't have to move. You don't have to go anywhere, but you sit there and you, you look at him. And this is one of the biggest parts of truth therapy, right? It's just beholding the man, like, like the snake on the pole, the old serpent on the pole thing, right? When they just, when the Israelites looked on that serpent on the pole that Moses put up, they were healed. They looked upon him and they were healed. What? Like discipleship is not 10 years or 10 seminary courses or 10 new Bible study programs you need to do. Discipleship is just looking at the man and, and believing his thoughts, his emotions, believing what's true about him is the truth about reality. Now, though he was on the cross, that's not where he is now. Where, where, what's the truth about reality now? Jesus Christ seated in heavenly places at the right hand of the father, far above every principality of power, might thrown in dominion, completely healed, completely glorified, set free, righteous. Like this is beholding the man, right? You can look at the cross and see a lot of beauty and a lot of glory, but the reality is you're not on the cross suffering for the sins of the world. You are seated at the right hand of the father forevermore with no brokenness, no sickness, 
like in full glorified state in life and immortality surrounded by the angel party. You know, so we behold the man and that's discipleship. All of a sudden, in a moment, you can you can have Smith Wigglesworth's glory, you know, whatever you think, whoever you think was great, you know, whatever. John G. Lake, like it all, everything pops in a moment when simply you wake up to the truth, which is everything that's true about Jesus is what's true about now. So we behold the man. We don't behold the old. We behold the new. The new creation reality, I'm seated with Christ. I'm with him now. What's true about him has become, he's shared with me. Whoa. His divine life is, it, there is nothing else true about me. I don't care what my parents said. You know, I don't care what your experiences were. Whoa. How many times you failed? <laughs> How many times someone told you you failed? <laughs> Woo. When we begin to see his reality and flow with his thoughts, his emotions, his desires, then our life begins to feel like his. Now, that doesn't mean you don't feel pain sometimes. Jesus feels it with when people are hurting. He empathizes with them, right? He weeps with those who weep, right? But he doesn't get lost in their, in their pain that he loses himself, like where he loses his ability to still, you know, love and, and be joyful and be peaceful. But he does feel Right. So like so, sometimes people think, oh, you're just all you want to do is laugh all the time. You know, those drunk people just want to laugh. Like, no, I want to feel everything that Jesus feels. Right. <laughs> Which is, you know, blissful at all times, but also weeps with those who weep. Like when someone's suffering, he feels that with them. Like he feels a deep like empathy. This isn't a, an ignorance. It's it's a re it's having a reference of Jesus Christ. Right. So. My experience with Jesus Christ is that even when I'm weeping with somebody like and I, I've probably I don't know, maybe in 2023, I probably wept with maybe five or six people that I think of. Even in those moments where I was weeping with someone, I, I felt a rich bliss underlying it. Right. Like I, it wasn't like I became depressed and despairing of life. Like I would grieve with them and I would cry with them and I'd be like, man, this really sucks. But it's not like. I wanted to kill myself in those moments or something, or I lost my reference to peace. In fact, I still felt whacked the whole time, right? I think Jesus was whacked on the cross or even when he was sweating blood, like he was still had this underlying embrace of the father's love over him where he was like, you know, he, even when he said, my God, my God, why did you forsake me? He knew that Abba was still there. The whole study, the Psalm 22 thing, you know, there was never a moment where Jesus was lost to despair or, or whatever. So when you now begin to experience the man, when you behold him seated at the right hand of the father, it doesn't mean he's distant from people suffering or unempathetic. He's going to, he's the most empathetic being ever. Right. So you're going to feel that kind of empathy. You're going to feel that kind of compassion. You're also going to feel like you have every good thing, all, all good thing. You're going to feel like God, like all the things that God feels, God is not perpetually suffering. God is perpetually rejoicing. Like John's always said, John Crowder, depression is not a fruit of the spirit. Joy is, you know, yeah. so we're coming to a higher reference. This is what mystical truth therapy is. As we're embraced in their arms, we're not tossed to and fro by our thoughts, our emotions, yeah. our desires, which some days you desire to do the will of God in your own self, but other days in your own and I, there's not even an own self, so that's an all theoretical conversation. But you, sometimes in your 
quote unquote own self, you don't feel like serving your wife today or serving your kids. But if you just take a moment and notice your true self in Christ, you're like, oh my God, I love serving. I love loving. I love blessing. I'm happy. I'm drunk. Like I love doing good stuff, you know, like, and that's true discipleship. And that's true heaven. It's always heaven on earth life. So, whoa, shing, ding, ding. Any comments or questions at this point? I got more, but I've been rambling too long. <laughs> Yo, so good to be with you guys. Shagading dog. Ooh, anybody noticing the life of Jesus? Anybody beholding the man? Oh, uh, oh, 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 oh! I just have to say, I love. There's so much, especially this last bit, bit of what you said. It just so freaking healthy <laughs> because that's I think that's one thing that's been really getting to me over the last few months is like <laughs> um what yeah. you said about feeling the the feelings but um how how it, it's how people are so caught up in just you, you know you got to feel all the stuff um which there's truth in that to a certain degree, but you know, it's so important to get back to feeling what the Trinity is feeling and to let that be your mirror, let that be your guide, you know, and, and eventually sink into that. It just the, the fact that, you know, that they do the compassion they, they feel is deep. The, 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 emotion they feel when when somebody's going through is deep and it's real and yet there is still a joy there and it almost you know I just I um I've been longing to see people realize that there's still joy in the midst of you know even when you're going through crap you know and I did you know I understand why people might feel like there isn't you know because I did go through a time where that joy seemed, and I'm just going to use the word seemed, emphasize that word, seemed like it was hard to find, you know, but obviously he's still living in me and he is joy, you know, and so that joy was, you know, and then once I finally came out of that cloud, so to speak, it, you know, that joy is just as close as it ever was because it never left because it's him and you know so i i just love what you're saying here because it just to me that's so healthy there's so much health to it you know um and uh i and i think another comment i want to or a question more (laughs) i i struggle trying to explain all this stuff to those for whom their only reality is what's visible and what's visible oftentimes does not look good. (laughs) It's a, you know, a crappy picture oftentimes, sad to say, you know, or at least that's what they focus on. Um, (laughs) I don't have my headphones with me, so hopefully I can find my mute button and and shut up. Um, Hold on a minute. You know, I've just been reminded recently too, like baptism of Holy Spirit. 
baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's something, and I'm not talking about the old doctrine where, you you know, assemblies of God, you must speak in tongues. I'm just talking about there are moments of experience. This has to be experienced. Well, you can't just tell somebody, okay, let's just, you know, uh, just feel the emotions of Jesus. Like (laughs) if if they've never tasted of Holy Spirit, you know, and Holy Spirit's not far from any one of us. And I think uh, I just reminded the rich heritage that we just have, you know, even in the last hundred years of uh, awakenings, little little awakenings by baptism of the Holy Spirit, woo, which we can have just right now. Uh, and you just notice some at first it just feels a little like a little trickle. Maybe you're like, was that God? Did I just feel God? <laughs> I felt something. I felt something. <laughs> That's how it started for me anyway. I, I remember when I first started experiencing Holy Spirit, I was like, oh my God, something's moving inside my belly. <laughs> I felt something weird. And I that was not a, like a bad pizza. I felt something. <laughs> and uh, whoa. So I think a lot of times we try to explain this, but, um, and I can't, I obviously, none of us can. And that's why the gift of the Holy Spirit. But sometimes we just maybe take someone's hand and say, hey, do you just want to experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit with me? Whoa doesn't have to be some crazy huge doctrine or they don't have to fall on the floor and start vibrating but maybe you just notice the trickle whoa and jesus always shows up you know because he's always there <laughs> and he's like i want you I, i'll i will enable any one of us just just ask me you can feel my emotions you can hear my thoughts i will i will manifest my you know my truth therapy to you <laughs> i will reveal my truth um, in a way that none of us can explain i i certainly can't so i confirm with that uh, i just get drunk saying the word baptism of holy spirit I'm, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> baptism of holy spirit <laughs> anybody else want to share i'll share something Um, we just, me and my husband have been listening to you for a little while and we love you guys and your whole church and just everything that's happening there. (laughs) Good to see you. Good to have you on. Thank you. (laughs) I, I click my camera, but my computer's not working. So we'll figure it out later. But I just, I was going to say, so the other day we were reading your book, the high on God book and, um, just feeling crazy high and I can barely read it actually but I all of a sudden felt Holy Spirit singing it's a whole new world like from Aladdin so I looked it up and it's just unbelievable you should you should all just listen to it and let them sing it over you later but it's just it's all what you're talking about and I feel like that's what he's teaching us like eyes on him and not just on the present realities and we're in the midst of these present realities but they're not they're not fun when you're there like but your eyes on him and it's like it does the present realities don't bother you anymore and it's not even the real reality anyway but he um 
he says like that he's going to show us a whole new world, take you wonder by wonder over sideways and under on a magic carpet ride. And later he says, don't you dare close your eyes. And I think like, that's what I want to do sometimes. I want to close my eyes. Like I'm scared, but it's like, no, don't fear. Like look at it all. And it's so good. And that song, literally they sing every moment, red letter, like what? (laughs) I don't know. That's a glory song, but you got to listen to it. It's so good. That's exactly it. I feel like uh, almost every one of my glory friends at some time or the other said, have you heard that song, A Whole New World from Aladdin? <laughs> I'm like, yes, dude. Uh, but I, I never noticed the, every, the red letter line. That's hammered. How, what else could that possibly be? <laughs> yeah, and I... I started listening to it like so I listened to that song as soon as we finished we picked up your book back up to read and the next paragraph you started saying like it's a whole new world and I was just like no freaking way (laughs) I was so good so good no it it really is the finished work message that's second Corinthians 5 I mean and I I think the thing is like what some people still struggle with this truth therapy thing I think especially because there's so much other therapy talk right now. And I get it. Again, we're not discounting that stuff. But if it is all finished, what other option do we have than just to say the only reason we're not experiencing all this stuff that already is already ours, which we are experiencing a lot of it, hallelujah. But if there's an area where you're not experiencing stuff, if it's already done, the only option must be that we're not seeing it. Mm-hmm. Like, otherwise, otherwise we should, I mean, how, how else can you say, be, you know, all things are made new right. and yet, you know, there's just so many doctrines that we've made up about how it's not new. It's not, this isn't new. That's not new, et cetera, et cetera. But if it's all new, the only thing left must just be waking up to it, you know? And uh, whoa. I know people don't like that. Like literally it's so good to be true. The biggest argument we have is people always coming and saying, you're preaching something that's too good to be true. (laughs) Like that's the biggest every week. Someone comes like, Matt, would you please stop? Like (laughs) everything you're saying is too good. (laughs) And like, that sounds like a joke, but we really say that. And we say it to ourselves sometimes. Like, and, and that's ultimately what true therapy is coming to wake us up out of is like, guys, it's not too good to be true. Like, it, it is really, really, really good. But that's reality. It's the gospel. Deal with it. <laughs> it's the gospel, biznatch. Uh, so I want to read you a couple more scripture. Oh, Melinda's got her hand up. Melinda, share with us. I always love when you share. Oh, what's well, a question? Um, You're the I mean, I, I can say um, depressing things are not bad like they used to be. Let me start with that. <laughs> but when when you were just practically speaking, I just I need something practical because I'm starting to compare myself to everybody and, you know, they're up here and I'm down here, all that. And I know it's all a lie, but um, like when you were saying earlier about the start of your journey 15 years ago, that you 
um, felt a little bit in your belly, like, oh, was that it? Was that, was that Jesus? Like, was that the start of it or however you worded it? So, um, like how, you know, <laughs> I know it's not a, <laughs> do these five steps and you two can be yeah. like Matt, but I don't know how else to word it. Like you started small. How did it, how did it even get from zero to one in the yes. beginning, 15 years ago, for example? Yes, yes. Well, that that's always the mystery, right? I, I never... Uh, that's why even sometimes I, I hesitate and some gospel guys will he hesitate to even share testimony sometimes because then someone else thinks that that testimony is a prescription for them. Um, there really is no, it's different in every person I know that's grown in this. It's been different. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, it is always through mystic truth therapy though. I'll be honest with you, which is just the Holy spirit revealing truth to you. And, and there's just light bulb moments that come on. And it's not just up here. This is why I call it mystic truth therapy, because it, it truth therapy can sometimes sound like mental gymnastics. Here's how we figured it out. Here's how I did the thing with my mind. You know, no, it's just your being waking up to the truth and your it's, it's your entire being. And that's Holy Spirit's job. Right. Um, now, if you're for something practical, I can give you lots of practical stuff. In fact, my book. Chapter seven and 10, Rachel knows. I always say, whenever someone asks me a how question, I'll refer to them in my book, chapter seven and 10, which I, both chapter seven and 10, I spend the first half of the chapter telling you that there is no how to <laughs> in both chapters. I, and I say that many times through the book, there's no hows really. Um, but then I will get into, here are some ways that Holy Spirit often uses. And I like to present it that way, like ways Holy Spirit often uses, but if you look to any of those ways as a how, all of a sudden it won't work for you anymore <laughs> yeah. or work for a moment, but it won't work consistently. Um, it's, it's a relationship exactly. And, and it's already done. So it's you're, you're with Abba, Jesus and Holy spirit and they highlight things. So here's what I would say. Like, if you want something really practical, what is Holy spirit? What do you find joy with Holy spirit doing right now? Like, are you love, you know, reading the Bible right now? Uh, then dive into that, you know, um, if, are you loving like worship? Do you love, are you getting a lot of joy just hanging out with your kids? Like, and I'm just saying, not just saying something fun, although that's really dynamically related, but it's something that you feel Holy spirit on, right. Which is usually fun. I mean, always fun in a way, but it's like, like I, I, people ask this question all the time, like how, you know, it's the things that there's life on right now for you. The Holy Spirit's engaging you in those areas. And then you just, you, the Holy Spirit will wake you up to truth. So you're like, it, it, you know, I, I talk to Rachel oftentimes. She's like, I feel really whacked when I sing in the car. You know, I'm like, then sing in the car, dude. like go sing, in the, like sing some songs with Jesus in the car, you know? Um, but you know, what's, what's typically called classic spiritual disciplines, you know, they call them spiritual disciplines. I call them like ways Holy Spirit often uses and ways to party. Like <laughs> I'd rather, I'd rather look at them that way because if it's spiritual discipline, it sounds like this step-by-step -step process of things that you don't really like that are going to help you to finally get to where you're supposed to be. And that's just not how it works. That's called religion actually. <laughs> that's religion. But what, yeah, what is the anointing on? What is the glory on? And it's not, it might not even be on an activity. It might just be sitting there 
thinking about the cross. I don't know, you know, or just sitting there. Like for me, I get really whack playing video games sometimes. I'm not, I'm not just talking like I enjoy video games. I do. But sometimes, sometimes like I'm like, I just want to go play a video game because I feel like the greasy glory of God on that video game thing that I'm doing. And like, I can't explain it, you know. Um, so if you want to get really practical, that's as, that's as practical as I get. Or read, read chapter seven and ten of my book and I kind of okay. explain. To the question quickly, um, yeah, that's a good explanation. I like for me, um, lately it has been, um, reading the, the Song of Songs, all eight chapters in one sitting, in answer to the question. Um, I'm, I'm getting a revelation, I mean, not holy laughter or whatever we call it but you know revelation that well, there is not, not really god i'm just kidding joking <laughs> but i i i read in the introduction part uh you know brought brian simmons says the and i, I always knew this but it was just good to see it in print that the, the bible is not a book that we read with our minds you you know read it with your, your heart and um <clears throat> so um that for me in answer to the question is what i've been doing like as opposed to singing in the car great good. And, uh, <laughs> thank you i love that too because um a lot of times we've been so uh pressured or bound up in religion that we don't even know what we feel the whack on you know sometimes mm. we're like I enjoy doing with God because you've always been forced to do stuff with God. You've always been told what you're supposed to do that. So many people, if you ask them like, what have you been feeling the glory on with the Lord recently? Or, or what do you, what, what, even if you're like, I don't even know, like maybe what's the thought that gets you excited. Sometimes people don't even can't even say because they've never been allowed to think that way. And so if that's you and you're tuning in tonight, like, I don't even know. But I, like that, that's okay. Just ask him, you know, ask, ask for revelation but i think that to me is the way that we grow in grace is you just go with what the the life is on what the whack is on and you and and holy spirit just meets you in all those different things and not that holy spirit doesn't meet you in everything but i think those are you know it's like you can tell is is this a time for me to learn about you know prayer or worship or serving the poor by do you feel kind of this spark in your spirit on it I'm not saying what's convenient. We're not just saying like whatever is convenient, but there's a, a breeze of the Holy Ghost on it, you know? So. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, yeah. I love you, Melinda. So good. Oh, love yo, yo. you too. Anybody want to comment on this? It's a lot of conversation going on. A lot of good stuff. Be free. There's no stupid questions or stupid answers. Just stupid people. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Matt, <laughs> uh, you said that you, uh, every time you say baptism of the Holy Spirit, or you hear that you get drunk, you get really drunk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I used to get really sober when I heard baptism of the Holy Spirit, but oh, just really? I didn't understand, you know, what it really was. I, I, I was taught that it was about something that, like, something that's out there. And then when the stars are aligned or when the time is right, then it comes in like 
it fills you or whatever. But then when I realized that the baptism of the spirit was like, it was something that flowed from your innermost being and it came out of, like it bubbled out of you because it was always there. Then I started to get hammered when I heard baptism of the Holy Spirit. But I, I just think a lot of people, if they could just understand what it means really to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. It's not something far away. It's something that is always there, you know? And uh, yeah, I love that word now. I love that. <laughs> uh, no distance. There is no veil. There is no <laughs> I can totally relate though that's why I was even mentioning like some of us if you if you grew up in certain yeah. denominations the baptism of the Holy Spirit felt like this either this thing that the performance you had to do or this like mysterious elusive thing that you could never quite get you know <laughs> but when you realize I'm I'm a truly I'm, I, his baptism was my baptism and I'm immersed right now Yay. Just taking a moment to notice. Whoa. Oh, anyway. Yeah. Beck <laughs> says it was only available if the preacher preached just yeah. Yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's only, it, you're truly only baptized if you say Shaba Shingi Shing Chong. It was only available at church camp on Thursday night. Oh, Dante said it was Thursday night at church camp. Yeah. And only if you see the Yes. When the when the out of town minister is here. <laughs> and it's it's only right if you put up the hands the right way. <laughs> I see that hand. <laughs> With every head closed and every eye bowed. <laughs> I mean, let's just talk about fasting. Y'all got to do it. It's a mandatory. Mandatory. Were any of you guys in the mirror Bible study last night? They talked about fasting and it was so whacked. Uh, they were talking about how oftentimes uh, we feel the most like evil stuff when we're tired and hungry or sick. And they're like, so usually when I'm fasting is when the devil comes to me. <laughs> I don't know. You had to be there. I can't even explain it. But for the people that find a lot of bliss on food, fasting is like going to hell. Yeah. <laughs> Not exactly, though, but yeah, it it can be, let me say like that. Just the thought of it, right? But I have I have this question of being in this um in this stretch, like of you know, you feel the work and you get the glory and all that stuff. But then again, you have those times where you actually, you feel the torture of the law, like I do at some times. And then my, my thinking starts going on again, like, and it's yeah. subconscious. It's so embedded in, it's like this feeling of the scripture is actually uh, calling me out. You know, it's like, I'm, I've done it right. It's not even that um, that I think or like people tell me I've done something wrong or so it's so embedded that 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 it's actually you've actually found out it maybe 
10 years ago that it's actually the scripture that is calling me out for not doing it right, you know? And I was like, okay, this must be the law, you know, embedded in these words, if you're not looking from this Christ perspective, but it's like living in these two worlds, you know, like you got the new world and you're going on a little carpet ride and, you know, you're flying off with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And then it's like, there's that, there's that tree and you're, you're, it's like you, you, you do a car crash with your, with, cause you can't ride the carpet yet. You know, you're flying in that tree and whoop, you're off again. You know, it's like, Oh, like and I, I just don't get it. It's like this, this shonkadonka, like where? It's just like it just makes me cry. It's like ugh, I don't know. Yeah, I think if we're honest, everybody has some of those moments from time to time, you know. And I think uh, they just happen less and less the more we hear this, right? Like the more you hear the gospel part, the more you realize you weren't made for the performance of the law, right? And the gospel always nullifies the law. There's no mixture. Uh, the gospel says that that old covenant is obsolete. It was a lesser thing that was only ever supposed to bring you to the end of yourself to say, I can't. And then that's the better news. So the more we feast on this better news, the less those times happen, you know, where we feel condemned or stuck or stuck mm -hmm. in our, head, you know, but if we're all honest, like that's, that's discipleship is Holy Spirit is awakening all of us from those times mm -hmm. and we have them and you don't need to feel bad about having them. You're not a lesser than you're not stupid. Like if someone says they never have a time where they felt stuck in their head or they felt discouraged or condemned, they're just lying to you. Uh, but you, you just come to a place where you're like, okay, you know, all right, I'm going to come back and I'm going to use my self-control. I'm not a victim here. I'm just going to go read the gospel again, or I'm going to look, you know, at, call a friend or, you know, phone, phone a friend or whatever they do on the millionaire show. Uh, you know, just whatever. <laughs> uh, you just look again in some way. And again, like a joker, like, a friend, and a telephone. Yeah. What was it? The wild card? I don't know. Yeah, something like a joker. Yeah. Wild card. <laughs> yeah. Jesus steps in and just takes over, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then also just basically realizing the duality of that, you know, that you have been stuck in that for so long. Now you know the new. It's like this thing, you know, your head still been in Egypt at some point and you just like realize what is actually going on sometimes in your mind, in your heart. And like, it's strange because, you know, remember first I was always whacked. I didn't get anything of the gospel. I was just completely whacked. And then all of a sudden I started like some things like dawned to me and that's kind of when it got complicated, when my thought process was going on. And now I'm like seeing these, these duality in it and they push each other away. It's like, it's like these magnetic, magnetics, you know, <laughs> these poles and they just push each, each other away and kind of sitting there and just watching this happen. It's yeah. like, it's just mind blowing. It's well, this, this is why I still believe in the, you know, 
people are like, well, if it, if it's all finished, then why should we do evangelism or even do ministry or whatever? Like, I believe in discipleship be, in gatherings. And I, this is why we still do Jubilee Online Church. And we do all these things because it, it, it really helps to hear it. Again, be reminded to look into the eyes of a brother and sister where that maybe you forgot it today, or maybe you're, maybe there's a way that they, something they have that they're bringing to like remind you. And, you know, we need discipleship. We still, and we still need the body of Christ. This is why we're starting a discipleship school this year. Like, because I've seen too many people, they get, they get this message for a moment and then they, they forget and they go back to depression or they go back to drugs or suicide or whatever you know like and they but they were drinking they were hammered i know guys that were hammered drunk and they love to finish work and they were serving and loving and the list was exploding out of their being everywhere and now they're depressed they don't want anything you know they they left their families they're like all this stuff and i'm like you stop hearing it you stop drinking you know you, you disengage from you know just hearing the truth and you end up in this lie world, you know? Yeah. And so it really, it really matters to, to me. I've just seen it. And it doesn't mean you need to enroll in any certain thing. Again, it's where, where is Holy Spirit leading you? Um, but Holy Spirit's always going to lead you into atmospheres of the gospel. Holy Spirit's always going to lead you into a place where you're, you're able to hear the truth. And sometimes I describe it as like a tipping point where your truth tipping point stays tipped. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean like some, like I can still go into non-gospel atmospheres, but I'm always, I only go in it to the degree where I still am tipped into the gospel. You know, like, it's like people are like, well, I'm going to go to a religious church and I'm just going to love them. I'm like, well, if you're not hearing the gospel at some point, if you keep hearing religion, religion, religion all the time, you get tipped into religion because it's garbage in garbage out. So like people, some people are like, like, I'm just going to go hang out in all these non-gospel atmospheres because I'm full of the gospel. I'm like, dude, only Jesus was confident enough in his in his sonship and in who he was to go into all of our darkness. You know, for us, like we need to just stay in some we, every one of us needs to have places where we're being reminded, whether it's in a, a group or in, you know, in just any of those things we're talking about, whether it's prayer or worship or reading the Bible or just any of those things where it's like your tipping point stays tipped, you know, and you're not tipped over into the law and into the religion and into the judgments and into the separation and into the confusions of a religious world, you know? So, yeah. And, and we all, yeah. all, we but it's all, all, also, I think it's like Jesus is showing something in there, you know, it's like on. actually realizing it. Like it is like, you know, yeah, it's like it is yeah. actually like it says, you know, that the conscious can condemn you. And then yes. it, it is like it's actually realizing that is true. What is what is standing there? So the other stuff that is written there must be true. The more, you know, it's like strong. Yes. Yes. Come on. We're all waking up out of religion. We're waking up from the do do this performance thing so you know it's like it's like a it's not like i don't think it's like like tripping back and forth or something i think it's an integrated progress of healing of 
of uh, actually seeing what you once believed or what you were once stuck in. It's like, for me, maybe that's even not finished work now, how I think, but for me at the moment, I can think that way that, that it's just Jesus showing you what you've been, you, what you were stuck in or what I was stuck in, what I used to believe, what is still in the chambers of my heart. And he's like, oh, look, look at that. Eh, give, give me that. Come on. Yeah. And pour in some chai masala and some Jesus sauce <laughs> and wrap it up with bacon and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus is serving up the truth. That's all I know. Serving it. It's delicious. It's a feast. The feast is always laid out before us. Oh, it's always, you know, in fact, that may be a good transition to our uh, communion here tonight to, uh, to let, to go for the feast again, you know, um, mm -hmm. And some chai masala. If, if you've got chai masala or bread and wine, <laughs> let's let's uh, woo. see. It's um, it's in beholding them, and not just even beholding like uh, uh, George and his. You know, uh, hug him and kiss him, but eat him. You know, uh, whoa, mystical truth therapy is Jesus Christ, his person, his work, who is not just a concept, whoa, but he became physical elements. He took on a physical body forever. <laughs> he poured out his blood once and for all that your blood would never have to be poured out. He sweated in the garden for you that you'd never have to sweat again. Ooh. His body was broken that yours doesn't have to be. Uh, in reality, yours was mystically broken with him. Ooh. And now we're, we're not partaking of a dead Jesus, but we're partaking of the living resurrected seated at the right hand of the father fully healthy emotionally ooh, able to feel unending unspeakable joy and at the same time empathize with every pain and sorrow that humanity is experiencing the real jesus the real boy ooh, the real man let's partake together of his life. Oh my God. Whoa. His life comes to you. Oh, yo, yo, yo. John chapter 19. I'll just read this while we're taking communion. It says Pilate took Jesus and flogged him, and the soldiers twisted together the crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. And they came up to him saying, hail the King of the Jews. And they struck him with their hands. And Pilate went out and said to them, see, I am bringing him out to you that you may know that I find no guilt in him. And Jesus came out 
wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate said to them, Behold the man. Even Pilate was prophesying. He says, Behold the man. Whoa. You know, the mystical truth therapy is about taking our eyes off of ourselves yes. and beholding the man. You know, our, you might have had the greatest day of your life. You might have had the hardest day of your life. But this moment is the greatest moment ever when we behold the man. Because the man held us first. <laughs> Jesus, we thank you that you're holding us right now in such a warm embrace. Whoa, such a freeing embrace. Along with Papa and Holy Spirit, that we can no longer consider ourselves the way we used to. You are changing our mind, Lord, about life, about ourselves, about the world, about others. You yourself are changing our minds. You're captivating our gaze by holding us and letting your mystic life just flow. You are frying our brains, Lord. You are washing our minds with the water of the truth so that we can no longer see anyone after the flesh. We can no longer see ourselves according to flesh but only according to glorified, redeemed God, man, sons and daughters. You are changing our minds, Lord. You are giving us the therapy above all therapies. <laughs> Ooh, we've been therapized with Christ. <laughs> Uh, by your embrace, they're therapized by the family that we've been included into. So healthy. Uh, there's no disease here. There's no oppression here. Yeah. There is no sickness. There is no veil. <laughs> <laughs> The old is gone, Lord. I thank you that you are the great physician. You are the great counselor, the wonderful counselor. You are the therapist of all therapists. Uh, not teaching us to ignore or repress, but to behold anew, to behold Jesus, to be held. So we thank you for this embrace tonight, Lord. We thank you for the embrace. Feel the trickle as he's embracing you. <laughs> the river of living water. <laughs> bubbling up. <laughs> bubbling, bubbling, bubbling. Maybe it's a flowing torrent already in your experience
we'll just end there for tonight, guys. Um, really, really good. <laughs> Love you. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. <laughs> Love you guys so much. Excited for 2024. Some fun stuff coming up.